This is the First Emmanuel Lutheran Church Podcast. For more information about us, who we are, or how to get connected, check us out online at filministries.org. All right. Well, we looked most recently at Jesus' um, last week of ministry on earth before his resurrection. He still has some earthly ministry to do for the next 40 days. So we're going to look at some of that ministry, the post-resurrection appearances of Jesus from Easter until Ascension Day. Ascension Day was 40 days after. So Ascension Day always falls on what day of the week? It's always a Thursday. Yeah, Thursday. So um, we're going to look at those. When we do, you know, there's, there's some differences of opinion um, where all four Gospels are involved, of course, but not all four Gospels have every one of the occurrences. Sometimes they both share the same occurrence, sometimes they don't. Sometimes there's some discrepancies whether uh, John and Mark are talking about the same thing or two different things. So some say there's nine appearances, ten, eleven, whatever. Well, guess what? You're going to get what I give you. <laughs> And like it. Thank you. Thank you. You heard, right? You're, you're going to eat what's in front of you, your mother said. And if you don't like it, go to the neighbors and see if there's something better. Oh, golly. Thank you. What's that? Two months worth. Two months worth. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Okay, before we start, I get, yes, oh, you guys would like something? Sure. Yeah. Oh, well, normally you don't pay a lot of attention, so I thought I'd just, you know, skip you. He does see a sleep. <laughs> uh, I'll start with something that's both sad and funny. You all know where I live. Okay, so down on Cleveland Street, I notice a young man, and he's backing his car out. I thought... No, he's not, is he? Yes, he drove to high school. Oh, it's a long way. He's halfway up Cleveland, backed out, drove down, went in, went up into the parking lot. He could see his house from where he parked his car. But God forbid that boy have to walk. Ted, I like someone who thinks in a positive way. Thank you. He was going to go see his sick grandparent. Good for you. That's nice. And then after that, he was going to go to the animal shelter and groom some cats. Yeah, that's what it is. That's, that's boy, you are good. And then he was going to babysit free of charge. All right. <laughs> let's, let's pray. Lord, um, as we still bask in the warmth and the beauty of the open tomb, we thank you for all the blessings that you give to us. And as we ponder your appearances uh, during those 40 days, uh, help us to understand that you are with us always. 
that when you are with us through word and sacrament, we are strengthened in faith, we are bolstered in forgiveness, we are encouraged in mission. And so again, bless us in this time in your word. Amen. Okay. So when we did Jesus' earthly ministry, we ended on a rather interesting note, did we not? If you remember a whole week ago. I, don't, I, gotta, I gotta tell you, I, I have a money clip and I lost my money clip. And I just, no clue where I left that money clip until for the first time in 2021, I put on a pair of shorts. There it is. So I'm getting a little forgetful. It only took a half a year to find that. Um, so let's go back the entire week. We ended with this, Mark 16. Verse 8, and they, meaning these ladies, went out and fled from the tomb for trembling and astonishment has seized them, and they said nothing to anyone. They were afraid. Isn't that an interesting way to end the greatest story ever told? But, and, and you might say, well, wait a minute, we got verses 9 through 20. Some of the earliest and oldest manuscripts do not include it. It seems. It's, some still say, well, that's part of it. It seems, and I don't know where Dr. Pablo stands on this, but he's like a Book of Mark expert, right? He is, he is the expert. And, and um, it seems like most folks say, this might have been added. Now, if, before we get all worried and say, well, good, then they all get to go to hell because whoever, remember in Revelation, whoever adds or detracts, what we find in verses 9 through 20 of Mark is occurring in other Gospels as well. So it's not like, oh, there's something new in here, like, well, Jesus never rose. No, it, 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 it articulates and echoes what we hear in the other Gospels. So it might be that some in the earlier church decided that's not a good place to end the gospel. And maybe, maybe it actually ended somewhere else and we lost the last page. So let's add something on. Either way. So we are in Mark 16. We are going to look at verses 9, 10, and 11 because it matches up really well with John chapter 20. So we're going to look at both of them. Now, we might say, boy, I remember uh, on Easter, the gospel was John chapter 20, verse 11, and Jesus talked to Mary. But Mark says they all ran away. How do we, how do we make these kind of blend together? How do we make these agree? Well, we're going to do it. Let's give it a try. We'll start with Mark. Now, when Jesus rose early on the first day of the week, he appeared first to Mary Magdalene, from whom he had cast out seven demons. She went and told those who had been with him as they mourned and wept. But when they heard that he was alive and had been seen by her, they would not believe it. Okay, we're going to stop there for a second. We're going we're gonna to jump, jump over to, to John 20. Right? So we're going, to be, we're going to be in Mark 16, we're going to be in John 20, you're going to find that we're going to be in Matthew 28 and Luke 24, so I don't know how many fingers you have on your hand, 
get them all lodged in there or something. I don't know. So John chapter 20, I use this as the text for Sunday. Mary stood weeping outside the tomb, and as she wept, she stooped to look into the tomb. Now, it sounds like there's only one lady there. The other Gospels say many ladies came. It could be that the ladies ran away from the tomb, astonished, frightened, and then Mary had to take a look inside, a little deeper look. She stood weeping outside the tomb, and as she wept, she stooped to look into the tomb. The tombs were cut in rock. However, when you went into the... Has anybody been in a first century Middle Eastern tomb lately? Okay, well, when you were there. That's lately, because they're 2,000 years old. The matter of a decade or two is nothing, right? So, yeah, I don't know. Did you guys get in? Okay. Yeah, we stopped in, in uh, Bethany where supposedly the tomb of Lazarus was, and they allowed you to go in. Uh, wasn't that a trip? Yeah, getting in was okay. Getting out was hard. And, and I don't know how long if Jesus said, Lazarus, come forth. You must have waited a little while because you've got to worm your way. There's some steps that go down, and it's a small opening. So the, the tombs... I don't have a marker. The, the tombs had two sections, really. There was the place of preparation. And then, so you went down, place of preparation. Then you went down a couple more steps, and that's where they laid the body. Preparation, body entombment. The stone is here, place of preparation, and then we leave the body there. After a while, after the body decays, they put the bones in what's called an ossuary. It's about this big, depending. And, and they would leave those in there. They, they were like today's urns, right? So if you, if you have, has anybody stopped to see President Garfield's tomb? Ohio, Cleveland? Okay, he's the only president whose casket is still above ground. You can see his casket and his wife. And then there's two urns there. I think a daughter and son-in-law, I believe, or something. Uh, some might be niece and nephew are in there. This is kind of how it was in Jesus' day. So Mary has to kind of get down and stoop and look and kind of check to see if she sees anything. But there's no body, but she sees something else. And, and here's what happens. And she saw two angels in white sitting where the body of Jesus had lain. This is important. One was at the... And one was at the... The feet. Oh, we got to stop there. There's significance there. Jewish people would read this and go, oh... This is big. Anybody know? Go ahead. The Ark of the Covenant. There was a cherub, right? The, we have these angels with their wings, one on each side. And the Old Testament said God resides between the angels. So the deal is God was here. But then comes the announcement because the, the Ark of the Covenant was always the presence of God with his people, right? And, and so these, these um, angels, uh, they talked. They said to her, woman, why are you weeping? I mean, it's Easter morning. Why are you crying? She said to them, they've taken away my Lord. I don't know where they laid him. She's still, she's still kind of 
stooping down. I don't know where they, Jesus is gone. I don't know where they laid him. And then she, she doesn't even wait for a response. She turns around. If it's me, I'm saying, who are you guys? What are you doing here? What, did you, can you pick up on the grief? So the, and having said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing, but she did not know that it was Jesus. And Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? Well, supposing him to be the gardener, this is important. Jesus did, did not glow. He, he did not levitate and hover. The resurrected Jesus appears human form, right? And it might be her grief that kept her from seeing this. Sir, if you've carried him away, tell me where you've laid him. I'll take him away. And Jesus said to her, Mary. Oh, great recognition. And she turned and said to him in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. So when people say she's standing there talking to him and doesn't recognize him, I don't see her. If you read it carefully, it's not like she's having a face-to-face. -face. She turns and sees, and it seems like she has turned away again. Because notice after Jesus says, Mary, she has to turn to him. She says in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. And Jesus said to her, Do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father, so we got we to talk about that one for a second, don't we? Okay. Don't cling to me. I think the old King James said something like, don't touch me. And it was always believed that, that for some reason Jesus was like holy and nobody could touch him until he was ascended and all that. Well, if, if that's the belief, then later on Jesus told Thomas to do what? To, to touch. So that isn't it. Uh, what Jesus is saying is, you can't cling on to me. I'm, I'm back, but I'm not back in the way I was the last three years. I'm back to show you that I've risen, to announce to you that I'm risen, that my body hasn't been stolen, but here I am. But you're not going to be able to hang on to me. So not in the physical, literal sense, but in the sense of, I'm, I'm just not going to stay here forever on earth. I'll be with you always, but not like I was for three years. Is that good? Okay. Anybody have a different word besides cling? Yeah, oh, hold on is a good one. You can't hold on to me like, like you do. You know, it's, it's kind of like, uh, the kid that's going away to college and, and mom's crying. Couldn't you have gone to Concordia? <laughs> you could have lived at home. MATC is just down the road. Why do you have to go to UCLA? Oh, mom, mom, sometime you're going to have to let go. Let go, yeah. yeah. So when, when, when I went to Concordia, it was downtown Milwaukee, and people would ask, where do you go to school? I'd always say UCLA. I did, I did. University of Concordia by the lake almost. So that was UCLA. 
today, it's still UCLA. It's, it's uh, University of Concordia by the lake. Aina? So it's Aina Hay. Ainzo? Okay. All right. Enough levity. So, um, but Jesus says, go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my father and your father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I've seen the Lord, and that he had said these things to her. So, when does this happen? It says on your little sheet. It's early in the morning. It's right after sunrise. Yeah. Where does it happen? They're standing where? Open tomb. And what happens? It's Jesus' appearance for the first time following his ascension to a human being, and it's a woman. And she becomes the first evangelist. The announcement of the birth of Christ 33 years earlier came to whom? Shepherds. Shepherds and women have something in common. Neither one of them were allowed to be witnesses in a court of law. Isn't that something? God chooses the most unlikely witnesses. People who don't even qualify socially to be a witness. And yet he said, these are the people that I'm going to use to be the first witness to the birth and the resurrection. All right. Boy, that's amazing. We did that in 18 minutes. Wow. Okay. Isn't this interesting? Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. So what we could have here is spirit. Like when I die and you die, right? our spirit goes to heaven, right? Because we're believers. And our body goes to the grave. So evidently, Jesus' spirit went to heaven. His body rested in the grave. And then this whole resurrection was about the returning of the spirit to the body, and boom, this is it. They also told uh, on the crucifixion, today you'll be with, today you'll be with me in paradise. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to be in paradise today, and you're going to be with me. Yeah, good. Yeah. Good question. All right, so, um, now Jesus is going to appear to some of the other ladies, uh, and, and again, in my mind, they all said, oh man, let's go back. This is horrible. That Jesus' body has been stolen. Remember, at this point, there's only one person who really understands what's happened, and that's Mary Magdalene. Mary Magdalene is not um, the lady. You know, a lot of people say Mary Magdalene was a woman caught in adultery that was going to be stoned, and it's not. She's the one who had demons that were cast out of her, seven of them, and then she followed Jesus after that. So uh, let's, let's go to Matthew 28, and then we're going to go to Luke 24. Matthew 28 and Luke 24. My sticky note fell out, so I'm going to need... 
So in Matthew 28, we're going to start there at verse 9. It's just two verses. It's 9 and 10. And behold, Jesus met them and said, Greetings. And they came up and took hold of his feet and worshipped them. Okay, so now if we go back where Jesus said, You can't hang on to me, doesn't mean you can't touch me, because they're obviously touching him. And Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee, and there they will see me. Where are they right now? They're in, they're in hiding in the city of Jerusalem, which is in Judea. So they've got to go all the way back, 70 miles back up to their old, their old neighborhood. So here's what Luke has to say about it. Luke says in chapter 24, verses 9, 10, and 11... Returning from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and the rest. Now it was Mary Magdalene and Joanna and Mary, the mother of James, and the other women who were uh, women with them who told these things to the apostles. But these words seemed to them an idle tale, and they did not believe them. Bunch of old washwomen making up stories. See, this is why women can't be in a court of law. Just can't believe them. You know, because of this, they would not play the all-star baseball game in Jerusalem. <laughs> you know, I shouldn't get myself started. Okay. <laughs> Because if you can't play an all-star game in Atlanta, then you shouldn't play any baseball in Atlanta. Or any other city, because they're all crummy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So we have no more baseball. How do you like that? We're going to move the, the big stadium down in Milwaukee. I'll preach from it. Because oh, we, right. because we like require that, that you have voting. I get a notification to vote. So here's the deal, I think. I'm sending uh, the commissioner a note telling, first of all, I'm offended that the San Diego are called the Padres. Padres are clergy. Mm -hmm. That's offensive to me. <laughs> so are the angels and the saints. So I'm boycotting. And you shouldn't have to have a ticket to go to a game anymore. Because a ticket's an ID that you bought. To. Anyway, let's get back over here to this. See, my wife, if she listens to this, she's going to say, are you serious? You did that. All right, so when did this happen? It's still pretty early on Easter Sunday, is it not? Yeah, so Mary's had a conversation with a couple of angels. Now Jesus stops on the road and says, hey, ladies, what you doing? There's no body to anoint. There's a body to embrace, but there's no body to anoint. It was. They still needed some more stuff to do, but they didn't get a chance to do it. So where is this happening? Somewhere between the tomb and the upper room. 
right? They're on their way. And, and if you've been to Israel, the tomb of Jesus is not out in the middle of the countryside. It's, it's just outside the city of Jerusalem, or was. Today it's now part of the city of Jerusalem. Everything's grown around it. So, but if, if you're going from the crucifixion site to the resurrection site, that's not far, is it? I mean, it's just a little hop, skip, and a jump. Boom, there you are. Yeah. Did, and you went in to see the resurrection site, right? And, and it's, it's kind of interesting. It's run by Greek Orthodox, right? And, and I think part of it, of the church, is run by the Roman Catholics, but the Greek Orthodox, I don't know, they're, they're homesteaders on the actual site where Jesus was raised. And so you walk in there, and it's like this little room, and there's a slab. I don't did they do this? Did they move you through rather quickly? Okay, I traveled halfway around the world, but did this happen to you guys, right? There's a guy with a laser pointer. Move, move, move. And I was like, in my eyes and stuff. And they only give you like a moment just to see this thing where the greatest thing in the world ever happened. Well, they just don't understand. I, they see it every day. So between that site and in the upper room, it's not a big distance, Jesus meets up with them. And, and what happens? Um, what happens at the meeting is they come to believe and understand. But when they tell the disciples, what? It's not going to, no. It can't be. We saw this. He was beaten and tortured. And normally it would take a lot longer to execute someone by crucifixion. It took a long, longer time. Sometimes people lived for more than a day on the cross. Okay. Six hours is because he was beaten so badly, he had such blood loss, that two things occur. One, if you don't have a lot of blood, you don't live a real long time. Number two, he was beaten so badly he couldn't push himself up on the cross to, to get the required breath. Right? So he would have had suffocated quicker. So when, when, uh, when the Jewish people say, oh, wait a minute, we're crucifying these guys on a Friday, it's really not good for us to have people on the cross during Passover. Can you do something about that? So remember what they did to the two criminals? Broke their legs, which means they couldn't push themselves up and breathe. So they would have died shortly after. Jesus already dead. So the disciples are saying, we, we saw this. We, uh, Joseph of Arimathea and Nicodemus, you know, we got word from them that, yeah, that body was dead. They wrapped it. They put it into the tomb. That's it. What do you mean they saw it? They, they all ran away. Yeah, they did. But I think that seeing the beaten body, I, I think, well, and Peter saw some of what went on. John saw it. You know, he might have said something, but yeah. Yeah, for the most part, you're right. The, the whole crucifixion scene, John was there. Peter and John at, at the whole trial thing. Um, and, and I think once it got to the point of, let's nail the guy to the cross, they had enough. They figured he wasn't going to get out of it. So Judas commits suicide. Peter denies. John hung in there. Isn't that interesting? And I'm sure John went back and said, buried. Joseph of Arimathea got him, buried him. 
So these folks aren't believing a thing. So that's the second appearance. Again, it's to whom? Women. Women. Somewhere in here, he appeared to Peter. So if we're in Luke 24, let's stay there for a second. But we're going to jump to verse 34. So what happens is we aren't, we aren't to the point of the road to Emmaus when Jesus met up with two. But if you remember that, when they came back, they said, we saw, we saw Jesus. He met up with us. And here's what the disciples say. There's always a wet blanket in the crowd. Um, they found the 11, this is in verse 33, and those who were with them gathered together saying, the Lord is risen, he's appeared to Simon. Here these guys were going to come in and give the announcement, we saw Jesus, oh, and when they do, the wet blanket said, oh yeah, yeah, we saw him already too. Oh, we don't know where this was. When was it? Mm, somewhere between the women meeting Jesus and the two disciples on their way to Emmaus met by Jesus. In there, somewhere. I don't know if, G if Peter was off by himself. Maybe he's the one who went to the market that day. I don't know. But we don't, we don't have... Yeah, we don't have anything of a conversation. Yeah, and so we're going to pick that up again in John. And, but we don't, we don't have where Jesus met him. This is the frustrating part as we read through. It's like, what, when did this happen? You know? So in 1 Corinthians 15, Paul brings it up again. This is the great resurrection chapter. In, in Paul's day, there was, there was some concern about the resurrection. Is it a spiritual resurrection? You know, that just my soul gets to go to heaven and that my body stays? Um, then, then there was this thought too uh, that only those who were alive when Jesus came back would be able to go to heaven. So imagine in the first century when people are dying Aunt Ida dies, and the people say, well, she's not going to heaven. She missed it. Jesus didn't come back yet. Paul addresses that in a couple of places. In 1 Corinthians 15, but also in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, 13 to 18. Brothers, I wouldn't have you to be uninformed concerning those who are now asleep, that you don't sorrow as people who have no hope. For if you believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so those who now sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. But each in his own turn, right? First it's Christ, and, and then he's the first fruits, and then who have fallen asleep. And then he says, we will certainly not precede those who have fallen asleep. In other words, we're not going to leave them behind. At the resurrection, they're going to come out of the grave. What's going to come out of the grave? The body. To be reunited with the soul. 
So in 1 Corinthians 15, 5, people were saying, maybe there isn't a bodily resurrection. And the whole chapter is about the bodily resurrection. And um, we'll start at verse 3. For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures, that he was buried and that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures and that he appeared to Cephas, Peter, then to the twelve. So, an interesting thing, St. Paul writes this letter in the first century, doesn't he? And what does he refer to? The scriptures. More than just the Old Testament. Christ died in accordance with the scriptures, that's the Old Testament, and that he was buried and on the third day raised in accordance with the scriptures. So he's saying the Old Testament was talking about this, but also they must have had some of the Gospels by now. And they're reading these things on Sunday mornings. Yes. When he says, appears to Yeah. It's a great question because we will only have how many? 11. Most likely what happened is when the disciples were together, there might have been others with them that weren't of the 12. One of those might have been the one in Acts that was the substitute. So they're already, Paul's already writing some years afterwards and that guy, Matthias, is now already part of it. So... That's a good question. You guys have good questions. So uh, again, when does it happen? Oh man, uh, somewhere between the women seeing Jesus and the Emmaus disciples in there somewhere. Where does it happen? Your guess is as good as anybody's. I'm guessing in Jerusalem somewhere in that area. And what happens? We don't have a recording of, of conversation or did he touch him or whatever, but what does happen is that Peter believes. Peter embraces the fact that Jesus is resurrected. Yes, ma'am. First Thessalonians chapter 4, I'm going to make sure that's right, verses 13 through 18. Well, don't thank me until I find out if it's the right one. Okay, now you can thank me. Okay, yeah, First Thessalonians 4, 13 to 18. So we've got these three appearances so far that are recorded, right? <clears throat> Number four, and again, it's, it's hard to figure out the order on some of them. The first one, easy. Second one, easy. Third one, yeah, kind of. Fourth one, yeah, okay. Um, Mark mentions it rather briefly. Again, it's, it's believed that the whole Mark thing was um, added later. 
And, and the Mark one is verse 12 of chapter 16. After these things, he appeared in another form to two of them as they were walking into the country. You got it. Heading to Emmaus. Luke gives us the fuller version of that. And it's Luke 24, 13 to 33. And, and because I love this, I'm going to read it. Whole thing. We may not have to read the whole thing to understand the visitation, but we're going to. Uh, Luke 24, verse 13. That very day, what day? Sunday. Sunday. Two of them were going to a village named Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. So that's a nice day's walk, right? How, how far, how long does it take you to walk a mile? 15 minutes. 15 minutes. So we'll say it's a rocky, gravelly, hot day. Maybe it's 20, maybe. So this is a pretty good walk, right? Even in 15 minutes, we got a few hours here, so. They were talking with each other about all these things that had happened. What things? Yeah, we got this whole Holy Week thing. Oh, can you imagine what they're saying? Didn't it look good last Sunday? Have you ever had one of those? Boy, how life has changed in the last week. Yeah. Um, maybe people said that at Pearl Harbor Day, right? Or 9-11. Oh my goodness, life has changed, right? COVID. March 13th. Oh my goodness. All I remember is getting ready to do uh, Ash Wednesday worship and then it was like, oh no you don't. Oh. So I'm, I'm sure these guys are talking, wow. Verse 15, while they were talking and discussing together, Jesus himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were kept from recognizing him. And there's a lot of speculation. How, how were they kept from recognizing? Well, it might be an easy explanation is this. God kept them from recognizing him. I mean, right? If I can figure that out, that's pretty easy. Yeah, he can do whatever he wants. If he can open eyes, he can close them. Yeah. Verse 17. Jesus said to them, Yeah, what's this conversation that you're holding with each other as you walk? Hey, what you talking about? And they stood still. They came to a stop, which indicates amazement, surprise. And they, and, and they look sad. And one of them, named Cleopas, answered him, like, are you the only visitor to Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened in these <clears throat> days? Even the visitors in Jerusalem knew what had happened, right? It's Passover, there's a lot of people. So this isn't one of those things that's on the, on the back page of the local section of the Jerusalem Gazette. This is breaking news. But it was, it was almost like breaking news to the disciples and, and, and followers of Jesus. Yeah, but... The Romans didn't care. 
yeah, but I think I'm, I got a feeling they might have been talking about it. Like, so, Frank, what did you do? I executed the uh, Son of God, the King of the Jews. But there was one of them that might have went back and said, yeah, quit kidding around. Truly, this was the Son of God. So I wonder in the barracks, what kind of conversation went on? How about the guys hanging out in, in the garden tomb who are they're going to be executed because Roman guard who don't carry out their duty, right? So what's that conversation? What's Pilate's wife saying? I told you not to have anything to do with that guy. I had a dream about that. Now look at what you got us into. How about... All the Jews who found out that the temple curtain was torn and there was an earthquake and the bodies of many believers who died were seen walking through town. That gets your attention. Right? It's kind of like, oh, Mordecai, he's back. He owes me 10 bucks. Mordecai's running back to the tomb. So they're, they're sad, and they say, don't you understand what's going on? And he says to them in verse 19, what things? All the things are about him. But isn't this great teaching? There's two questions. Rabbis always teach with questions. And they said to him, what things? Well, concerning Jesus of Nazareth. A man who is a prophet, mighty in deed and word before God and all the people. Okay, first, we know Jesus is from God. He's a special guy. He's call, he, they call him a what? Prophet. A prophet. Okay, they're not done. And how our chief priests and rulers delivered him up to be condemned to death and crucified him. Okay, so we got the story, right? Um, Romans never would have crucified him if it wasn't for the leaders of the church. They orchestrated it. They put it in the hands of the Romans so they could look a little bit more innocent. Verse 21, but we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. Not only a prophet, but what? The Messiah. These guys were convinced that this was the promised Savior. But obviously, obviously he can't be the promised Savior because he's dead. Yeah, and this is, this is kind of interesting. Yes, besides this, it's now the third day since these things happened. The understanding was if you were dead for three days, you were officially dead. There was no way you're going to make it, you know, through that whole burial thing after three days. Moreover, some of these crazy women of our company amazed us. I threw crazy in there. <laughs> because that's what they're thinking, right? Oh man, and maybe they're thinking this. They are so grieved, they're seeing things. You know, when we lose a loved one and we're walking through a crowd and you do a double take, was that Mordecai? Oh no, but boy, it looked like it. Walk just like Mordecai. 
has that same hat on that Mordecai would wear. And this, is, this maybe is what they're thinking. They were at the tomb early in the morning, and, and when they did not find his body, they came back saying that they had even seen a vision of angels. My goodness, they lost it. Who said he was alive. Now, some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, oh, but, but him, they did not see. Jesus said to them in verse 25, Doofus, you knuckleheads, oh foolish ones. Remember in the scripture, foolish is the opposite of faith. Oh, you foolish ones. And then he defines it, really. Slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. You know the scriptures, but you're not applying them. You're not looking deep enough. And then he goes on. Was it not necessary that the Christ should suffer these things? Oh, that would be Isaiah 53, wouldn't it? Yeah. And enter into his glory. And so, verse 27, beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. But didn't identify himself as the object, did he? So as he's going along, he said, okay, now, guys, let's go back into the scriptures. You know, really, we had Moses, remember, Moses received the law. And boy, the people had a really hard time obeying the law, didn't they, right? And then remember that Passover thing? And, and how they had that, that sacrifice and, and the blood was put there. And, and anybody who, who fulfilled the, the Passover by faith, death passed over. And, and we've been doing that for years, haven't we? As a matter of fact, it just happened this week, didn't it, guys? Oh, yeah, yeah, you bet it did. Yeah. And, and remember that wandering in the wilderness whole thing there? Yeah, yeah, we remember that. Well, didn't God promise that one day you'd be in a promised land? Oh, yeah, and, and you did end up in a promised land, right? And, and it was conquered. And then didn't God say that he'd give you an eternal promised land? And, and you remember the whole King David thing, that someone's going to come like King David? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we would hope that, but, you know, no military messiahs come yet. Oh, yeah, where in the Bible does it say he was going to be a military guy? It doesn't, as a matter of fact. He, he was silent as sheep are when he was going to be crucified. How about Psalm 27 or 22, guys? You know, did, did you hear anything from Jesus from the cross? Oh, boy, we heard him say, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Oh, yeah, that's Psalm 22, isn't it? Looks like he fulfilled another scripture. You see what he did? He went through all of these scriptures, and he had plenty of time to do it because they're walking seven miles. Right? This is no Cedarburg High School kid who drives this. <laughs> he didn't even get through half a song on the radio. I don't know it. See? All-star game, kid driving a half a block to school. It's oof. Hi Barb, what do you got? Um, you call these two people believers or non-believers? Yeah, good good yeah, I'm going to clip them over on the believer side, and I'll tell you why. We had hoped that this was the one. So they're believers. They're shaken in their faith right now, 
right? But I, I'm going to say believers. So Clopas is, his wife is, is um, at the crucifixion scene. So these are people who followed Jesus for some time. So they drew near to the village to which they were going. He acted as if he were going farther. Well, okay, guys. Hey, great talk. Wonderful being with you. Got to get going. And they urged him strongly, saying, no, 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 stay with us. It's toward evening. The day is far spent. That was appropriate in first century uh, Judaism. You, you always took care of the visitor. You always took care of the traveler. If someone knocked on your door in the middle of the night, you had no clue who they were, and they said, man, we need a place to stay, you opened your door. That's just the way it was. And so they're saying, come on. And so he went in to stay with them. And when he was at table with them, he took bread and blessed it and broke it and gave it to them. What does that sound like? <laughs> Have you heard this line before? And their eyes were opened and they recognized him. Hey, look, it's Jesus. Hey, Je oh, he's gone. And he vanished from their sight. And they said to each other, Did not our hearts burn within us while he talked to us on the road, while he opened to us the scriptures? In other words, didn't we get it? Weren't we filled with hope? Didn't it make sense? Wasn't it wonderful? Verse 33, And they rose that same hour and returned to Jerusalem. And this is where we saw before. And they found the eleven and those who were with them gathered together saying, Hey, the Lord is risen. He's appeared to Simon. It's like, oh, seriously? <laughs> oh, so then they told what had happened on the road and how he was known to them in the breaking of bread. So when did it happen? Oh, go ahead. So these were not the original disciples. These were someone else. Yeah. Um, so what we have here are... There's disciples and there's disciples. There's disciple in what we would call the narrow sense of the word, meaning the 12. And then there were disciples in the large sense of the word, meaning believers. Yeah, those who would be following. So there was a great number of disciples. I think this is why the 12 are often referred to as apostles. It distinguishes them from these others. So like when Judas is out of the picture... Right? we got to fill his spot. They had a job description, you know, and requirements. You know, having graduated from Concordia University with a, with a major in Old Testament theology. Uh, but what their requirement was, it had to be someone who was with us from the beginning. So there, there was this group of people who followed along. So I see Cleopas is one of them. We don't know who the other was. There's been a lot of doctorates written on this, and you do know what a doctorate is, don't you? C.S. Lewis never got a doctorate because he said a doctorate is this. A man spends a lifetime studying and writes a paper that nobody's going to read. So he didn't get his doctorate. Um, Who's the other person? Some, some say it was um, the wife of Cleopas, which could make sense. Others say another 
believer, it wasn't one of the 12, but some other. I think it's left ambiguous so that you and I can be the other disciple. Now we get to journey with Cleopas on the way to Emmaus and turn around and make the trip back. This was such exciting news to everybody. They obviously were up late at night because it was already evening hours. They turned around and went back. You know, there weren't Nike shoes or paved roads, so they probably didn't do a lot of jogging to go back. Would have taken them a while, and everybody's still awake. This has got to be an exciting, exciting time. So when did it happen? Well, it happened on Easter, somewhere along the line. Oh, go ahead, Cindy, I'm sorry. It could have been that they were there, you know. It, some, some believe that it was just the 12, and, and that's my belief. Um, and it could be that there were a number of times that they, well, not a number, there were three times that they celebrated the Passover together. Maybe the other Passover, some of these were, were there. Feeding of, yeah, he, he fed thousands. Maybe, maybe that's it, right? So, and there's two occasions that he fed yeah. multitudes. Yeah, good point. Yeah, yeah. But somehow, some way, it was like, oh, are you serious? We just spent an entire afternoon with this guy and we didn't realize it was him? Should have known. These are great questions, you people. You should be writing commentaries. So, it happened on Easter, it's on the road to Emmaus. What happened? The important thing that happens is Jesus identifies that he is definitely the fulfillment of the Old Testament prophecies and promises. This is it. I'm the guy. Um, you know, I, I, I love mathematicians and statistics people and, and people who figure out odds and everything, right? Uh, and so someone had identified like 360 some prophecies in the Old Testament. And what are the odds that one person could perfectly fulfill all of those prophecies? And they equated it to this. If you had a silver dollar and you put a red X on it and you got enough silver dollars to cover the state of Texas two feet high with silver dollars, and you shoved your hand somewhere, I don't know if you're outside of Austin or Dallas or El Paso, but you shoved your hand in there and you pulled out the right one. I'm not betting on you to do that. And it's not because I don't love you, it's just that the odds are too immense. So I, you know, I don't know how the person came up with that, but it. Sure makes for a good story during a Bible study. Um, yeah, so this is, this is the Jesus who has fulfilled all the Old Testament scriptures. I thought we would finish this today, but we won't. Yeah, these people, these people, yeah, and the, and the sandals they wore, you know, they weren't really crafted like ours. 
No arch support, no, no, no memory foam cushioning or gel inserts. Nothing like that, right? No Velcro, nothing, yeah, crazy. You know, the, um, that the best thing that the Romans could have done, and well, the best things the Romans could have done is to have conquered the known world so the disciples didn't need a passport to get from area to area. Second thing they did was build some really nice roads so their army could move. Allowed them and they're still there. You know, this is the whole Eisenhower thing. General Eisenhower designed the interstate system to move military, but you know, you people who paid for it can use it too. Um, how many of you remember as kids those military convoys on the interstates when they were new? Right? Wasn't it? Like the whole convoy, and we'd be waving to the soldiers, and you know, they'd be pointing guns at us. And stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and then the other, the other thing that was helpful was not really the Romans, but it was the Greeks who years earlier um, had conquered the area that everybody had a common language. It was Greek. Yeah. So it might not have been your first language, but it was your second. It's like English is in the world today. Didn't he? That was always good. Yeah, uh, Paul, um, you know, when they want to give them all the lashes, oh, wait a minute, I was a Roman citizen. Remember that one time they went, oh, no, that's not a good thing because we treated you as we shouldn't treat a Roman citizen. Yeah. You guys are good. Thanks for listening. If you want to learn more about First Emmanuel Lutheran Church, visit filministries.org. Have a good day and God bless.